Good morning, and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I'm Nick Prater, your announcer for this day of Pentecost. The Reverend Jake Slatton will deliver today's message. Assisting in this worship service is lay minister Bruce Slatton. The organist is Mrs. Susan Seneger, and the acolytes are Michael Hesman and Gabby James. Today's order of service is found at www.trinity1874.com. Today's radio broadcast right, is sponsored by funds donated to the radio of ministry so of Trinity Lutheran Church. Open and our worship to today with a word of prayer. May God bless us as we worship together. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. And we thank you uh, that today, once again, your Spirit fills us. Uh, Lord, your Spirit fills us with your love and uh, with your grace and with your mercy and with your forgiveness. We praise you, Lord, that on this Pentecost Sunday, we thank you that the Holy Spirit uh, came upon the disciples in, in a very powerful way uh, in which they were... They were compelled to be able to continue to speak your word and to preach your gospel to all nations. Uh, And so, Lord, it is in that light that uh, we worship here today. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would give us a zeal for your house of worship. Lord, truly better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand. And so we begin, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart, and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, I Almighty God, in His mercy, has given His Son to die for you, and for His sake, He forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our opening hymn today is number 913 in the Lutheran Service Book. O Holy Spirit, enter in, number 913. 
O Lord, how manifold are your works! In wisdom have you made them all. These all look to you. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you send forth your spirit, they are created. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of the faithful. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, on this day you once taught the hearts of your faithful people by sending them the light of your Holy Spirit. Grant us in our day by the same Spirit to have a right understanding in all things and evermore to rejoice in his holy consolation. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. The Old Testament lesson is taken from Genesis chapter 11, beginning with the first verse. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they, then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people. And they have all one language, and this is 
only the beginning of what they will do. Nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language, so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. This is the word of the Lord. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. With the heart one believes and is justified. Can I have the children come forward for the children's message, please, in the mighty mics. Morgan, meine Kinder, be Gates. Mm. Sin Chow. Mm. Vietnamese doesn't work either. Um, hola, como esta? Ah, finally. Three different languages. Our fatherland language that Martin Luther used, German, uh, Vietnamese, which is spoken in our com- greater community in southwest uh, Missouri, and of course, Spanish. Why use all these words to start the message today? Well, today we celebrate Pentecost. Uh, this is the day uh, when the Holy Spirit descended on the disciples and allowed them to speak in many languages. And the question is, why? so that the word of God could be spread throughout the whole world as it was known then, a job that we continue to work at today. Can anyone see this big number? What is that number? Can someone read that? 7,099 is the known living languages spoken in the world today. That is a lot of languages. What about this number? One thousand five hundred thirty-four of those languages have been printed in the New Testament. Why? So people could learn about Jesus, the Word of God printed in that many languages. That's a lot. But there's a long way to go before we get to all 7,000 plus languages. And that's a job that Jesus says in his commandment, and his commands, you you come follow me, children. You come follow me because I have a job for you. We need to make sure that all people all over the world learn about Jesus and what it means, his life, death, and resurrection. A job we continue today. 
And we as a church, we sponsor and support the Lutheran Bible translators who do this very thing along with others. And so we should give thanks to God for this day. Uh, begins kind of the building of the, of the new church, if you will. Uh, that has now reached millions and millions of people, but lots of work yet to do. So pray with me, and we'll thank God for this. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this special day called Pentecost so that we can appreciate what it means to be your children and what it means to take on the duty of spreading your word throughout all the world. We love you, Lord. Amen. All right, go on back to your seats now. The second reading comes from Acts chapter 2, beginning at the first verse. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as, as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own language, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arab Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others mocking said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them men of Judea, and all who dwell in Jerusalem. Let this be known to you, and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered to the prophet Joel. In the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand for the Alleluia verse. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. 
and he will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I will come to you. If you love me, you would have rejoiced, because I am going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Our hymn of the day is number 650 in the Lutheran service book, Holy Spirit Ever Dwelling, number 650 in the Lutheran service book.
Will you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is from the lesson from Acts chapter 2 that was just read, uh, upon which we learn that the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples. Uh, It appeared as as if tongues of fire were about them, and they were suddenly able to speak in other languages and this and what an astounding and amazing experience that, that this was obviously not only for the disciples but for everybody who was there to be able to hear the gospel in their own language. And so today we're going to be talking about Pentecost and specifically as I was preparing this message and I was kind of getting into it and then sometimes I would kind of get into the weeds a little bit and then I'd have to bring myself back out and I started to look at it from a larger perspective and I asked myself this question, what's the big deal? What's the big deal about Pentecost? The pyramids are red, uh, our vestments are red, great, wonderful, what's the big deal? What's the big deal that the Holy Spirit comes upon the disciples, and they are suddenly able to speak in other languages. What's the big deal that when Peter preaches his, at the beginning of this, of this sermon, that he quotes from the prophet Joel, that your sons and daughters shall, shall, shall prophesy? What's the big deal? What's the big deal about this particular day? And as I thought more about it, another question came to mind, and that question is this. In order to answer the question, what's the big deal with Pentecost, we have to ask ourselves this question and be able to have a suitable answer. What's the big deal about the church? Why does the church matter? What is particularly significant about the church? And as I was thinking about this, I came up with three different things to be able to answer this question, what's the big deal about church, and then hopefully answered the larger question for today, what is the big deal about Pentecost? The first thing is this. I want you to go to your text in your bulletin with me. Go to Acts chapter 2. And if you can, hold open, and I believe if I remember right, the Old Testament lesson, if you, if you have uh, a regular print, the Old Testament lesson should be on the opposite page from that. Okay? The Old Testament lesson, this is one of those times where the lectionary gets all of these readings together really, really well. There are some Sundays where I sort of look at the three readings and I kind of scratch my head to see what exactly the similarity is. But this one, it it should just leap off the page at us. The Old Testament lesson from Genesis talks about the story of Babel and how, as we all know, I'm sure, they were trying to build a tower to try to get up to to God because they think that they could actually do that. And so they're trying to build this tower, and at that time, everybody spoke the same language, so that was pretty easy to do. And God looks down at what is happening with his people and says, well, no, I'm not going to allow that to happen. That, That can't happen. That's not how my plan goes. And so he confuses their speech, and he confuses their language, and suddenly they were all speaking in different languages, and thus the construction of the Tower of Babel had been lost. 
But now look at what happens here in Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then they are, they are amazed by this, or not, if you skip over to verse 7, and they were all amazed and astonished, saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? How in the world do they know how to speak to us who are Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and etc., etc., etc.? How are they able to do this? And perhaps a more important question, which helps us answer our larger question why does it matter? It matters because what God is doing on Pentecost is a complete reversal of what he did at Babel. In Babel, they were were simply not obeying and they, they were not being God's people. And so he confused their language because of their sin. But here now in Acts chapter 2, the time for the people of God and for all of the entire world actually, not just, God, not just God's people, specifically the Hebrews and the Israelites, but all of God's people, all of creation now is supposed to know about the good news. And so God, through his Holy Spirit, makes that possible. And suddenly, the disciples were all speaking in other languages. Now, let's not be confused. There is a branch of Christianity that thinks that being able to speak in tongues means that you have the Holy Spirit. And if you can't speak in tongues, then you don't have the Holy Spirit. I'm here to tell you very clearly, that's hogwash. It's baloney. If you're going to speak in in tongues, fine, but you better be able to speak something that people can understand, because if you can't, then it's not really any good, is it? If it's just babbling, it's not really any good for anything or for anyone. But that's not what is happening here. There is no babbling. They are able to speak in all of these other languages, and thus the church of of God has this historic milestone. There are some who might say that this is where the church began Kind of. I would actually argue that the church began all the way back in the garden. But they are all now able to speak in all of these other languages. And the gospel, the good news about Jesus, then goes out from the disciples' mouths and into the ears of the people who are there. Let's put a different context on this. The reason why you are here today is because of that day. Yeah. The reason why you are here today is because of the day of Pentecost, because somewhere generations back, your ancestors were taught the gospel, and then it went down from generation to generation to generation, and then suddenly you were taught that. The, the very famous song, the first song I ever remember learn, learning to sing, Jesus Loves Me, it's only halfway right. Jesus loves me this, I know, because the Bible tells me so, yes, 100% yes, but that's not the only way. Before I was able to read, I had to have my parents tell me who Jesus was. They had to bring me to the font in order to be a baptized child of God. So this is where this this begins. Now, 
what does that mean for us? What's the big deal about this for, for us? I mentioned to a group of you about, about a month ago or so that I was reading a statistic about, about church membership and about, and about church attendance, and get this. According to that statistic, the reason why people come to church is not because of a program, or at least it's not only because. That's a very small percentage. It's not because of, of uh, well, I'll just get right to, to the point. People came to church because they were invited. 80% of people came to church because somebody invited them. Is it that simple? According to the statistic, yeah, it is. And so somebody asked me, well, you know, how do we, how do we, how do we grow our church as far as numbers go, and how do we do that? The answer is really very simple. Do what the disciples did. Invite them to church. Now, I'm not saying that we need to go out and canvas the neighborhood and cold call and knock on doors and say, here's a card. I'm not saying that. That might work. But the best way? The best way is for you to invite the people that you work with, people that you already have a relationship with. And this, and this goes for what, whether you are a student in school, whether you work, if you are retired, if you are 99, it doesn't matter. You all have people in your lives. People that you already have an established relationship with that you can invite to come to church. What's the worst that could possibly happen? That they say no? All right, they weren't coming anyway. 80% came because somebody invited them to worship. And now the Savior has come in Pentecost, and now, now is the time that the world needs him. And we can spend a, a whole other sermon on that, but we won't today. The second thing, the second thing about what's the big deal about Pentecost, why does the church matter? The second thing is that the church, as an entity, as a body of Christ, is undefeated. It has never been lost. It, it has never lost. Now, what do I mean by that? I want to go to Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 20. It says, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon and Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but by my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We talked last week about how the armies of hell are after you and are after your marriage. If you are married, they are after God's people in whatever form. But the promise from Jesus is this, that the armies of, of hell cannot stand to the armies of Christ. As a matter of fact, they have already been defeated. I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The church is undefeated because Jesus said that it would never be defeated. And the church, as we all know, or at least I hope that we all know, is not this building. 
If something happened, if God forbid a tornado came through here and this building and the school was completely destroyed, would the church leave? No. Because the church is all of us here. And the church, because of the promises of Jesus, are undefeated. I want to show, uh, give another verse here from Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Paul says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now, how is it that Paul can talk to these Colossians who are alive that they have died? How have they died? They have died because of Christ. They have died because they are united to him, because they have been baptized into his name. And as Paul says elsewhere in Romans 6, if we have been baptized with Christ, we have been crucified with him. And so, again, I go back to the original point. The church is undefeated. Your life is so hidden within Christ, so hidden within his blood, and so hidden within his empty tomb, that the armies of hell, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against you as an individual, against you, us, as the body of Christ. And lastly, number three, what is the big deal about the church? What is the big deal about Pentecost? The church... It's where we come to receive the Holy Spirit. We receive the Holy Spirit through the word that is spoken. We receive the Holy Spirit through the word that is preached. We receive the Holy Spirit through the body and the blood in which we share. Whenever somebody is baptized, that is when the Spirit comes. We come to church in order to receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I sort of ask that, that same question. What's the big deal? The big deal is this. There is an understanding, for some reason, a misconception out there amongst people, even amongst people within our own church. In, in, in every church throughout the entire world, there is this, misconcep- this, miscon- this misconception that when we come to church once a week, that we are coming for our weekly fill-up. A lot of you are smiling right now, because you've heard that before, or perhaps you've even thought that before. I go to work, or I do whatever it is, whatever my vocation is throughout the week, and then I come to church on Sunday in order to be filled up. Here's the problem with that. It's not as if whenever you have problems that you can just sort of pull out your allotment of the Holy Spirit and say, here, everything's better. And then when you run out of the Holy Spirit, well then, that's when you need to come to church in order to be filled back up with the Holy Spirit. The problem is, is that you are making a false assumption. You are assuming that you know you better than God knows you. You are assuming that God does not know you as well as you think that you know you, if that makes sense. You're assuming that God knows you better than you know yourself, and that's why we have a command. Not a request, a command to regularly attend worship. To regularly be in His Word. Because here's the problem. 
When you and I think that we are empty and we need that fill-up, God knows that we needed it a long time before we ever actually realized that we did. This is why he gives us a commandment, the third commandment, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. It's not a request, folks. It's not a, well, if you happen to have time. It's not a, well, whenever you feel like you need to be filled up, then please come to church. No, the third commandment says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Sorry. It's not a request. It's a command. And it is not out, that command is not out to harm us. That command is not out to make our lives more miserable. He gives us that command because he knows you better than you know you. It's that simple. It's not about getting a fill-up. Even though, certainly, hopefully, by the time that we walk outside of those doors, that, that, we, that we feel invigorated with God's Spirit, certainly. But if you only come to church every time that you think that you need a fill-up, number one, you're not following the third commandment, and number two, you are assuming that you know you better than God does. And that's the issue. And that is the problem. The church is where we come to receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit points to one man. The Holy Spirit points to Christ. And so bringing this back full circle, what's the big deal about Pentecost? What's the big deal about the church? The big deal is that everything that we do here, whenever we gather as a body of Christ, everything points to one person. And of course that person is Jesus Christ. Everything that we do points to that one person. It's it's exactly why we have this thing that we call the liturgy. Because everything that we do is pointing to Christ. We have confession where we confess our sins to our Heavenly Father and then what happens after confession? Then we receive the forgiveness of of Jesus. And then we sing about that. We sing about Jesus' love for us and how amazing and wonderful that that is. And then in a few moments, we receive Jesus himself. His very body and blood in which we receive the forgiveness of sins given to us by Christ. In which we receive his very body and blood, the same body and blood that was shed on Calvary's cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Everything about the church, and this is why Pentecost is a big deal. This is why the church is a big deal. Everything about Pentecost points to Jesus. Everything does. And everything about the church, again, if the building went away, Jesus wouldn't, because the body of Christ would still gather. We would still gather somewhere. I'm not sure where, but I know that we would find a place to gather, because we believe, because we believe that everything in our lot, that everything about the church points to the Savior, the same Savior that we have heard about, that we hear about every Sunday the same Savior that Jesus knows that the entire world needs to hear. 
Everything about Pentecost was about Jesus. And everything about church is about Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith. We do so this morning using the Nicene Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty. Please be seated. At this time, we will gather our tithes and offerings. And the pew that you are in is a, is a red sign-in book. Whether you are a member or a guest, please fill that out. Um, guests, especially, if you would uh, fill out your name and then perhaps your telephone number or a way for us to be able to reach you so that we might be able to say thank you for coming uh, here today to worship with us. We gather our tithes and offerings. While we are listening to a piano duet from Carol and Betty, just a couple of quick announcements. The Freistadt Trinity Church Picnic will be held on July 12th, beginning at 6 p.m. There will be fireworks this year. Vacation Bible School at Trinity Lutheran School will be held from July 8th to the 11th for ages 3 through 5th grade. The time on that will be from 5.30 to 8 p.m. And one other announcement regarding the Trinity Lutheran School. We are still, enrollment is still open for students ages 3 through 8th grade for the fall term.
Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Father, we give you thanks for this day and leading us here so we can worship you. As the beautiful sunrise this morning signals a new day in our lives, your refreshing word gives us the strength to live a life filled with joy and hope. Keep us mindful of this message of the gift of your Holy Spirit, opening our minds and hearts to the truth of Scripture that is still all about you, Jesus. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the sick, those who struggle with emotional or spiritual issues, those who are hospitalized, those who will be undergoing surgery, those on the road to recovery. We lift up all those on our health list, Melba, Landreth, Janice, Carol, Oren, Ethel, Joan, Addison, Steve, Becky, Wayne, Bob Dodson, Mark, Lorne, Gary, Bob Curtit, Emma, Brenda, Rosemarie, Bob Jelinek, John, Marianne, Debbie, Mary, Fred, Lisa, Jen, Catherine, Deborah, Joe, Phil, Harmony, and Louise. All these we name, in addition to those we now name in our hearts. Heavenly Father, you are the great healer. Be with those who are currently dealing with these conditions or issues, and if it be your will, heal them completely and give them a sense of your presence during these difficult times as they reach out to you for comfort. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our leaders who hold positions of service nationally, in our state and in our local communities, as well as the leaders of our own Lutheran Synod. Father, these people have accepted the responsibility of leadership as part of their commitment to serve. Send your Holy Spirit to give them true wisdom, to govern in a way that glorifies your name. Keep them mindful of those who cannot speak for themselves, especially the unborn. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all the brave men and women who serve in the military, especially those who serve in the most dangerous places. We lift up to you in prayer Christopher Smith, who is serving in the Navy, and David Hesseman, who is deployed overseas, as well as their families who pray and wait for their safe return. We think of all first responders, police, fire, and emergency personnel. Father, we pray that you will send your heavenly angel to watch over them, to protect them against all harm, strengthen and encourage them so they can remain strong and courageous. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you instituted holy matrimony, blessed and honored it with the presence of your Son at the marriage at Cana in Galilee, and even now continue to protect and preserve it. We thank you for the fatherly love and grace which you have bestowed upon Edgar and Glenda, who are celebrating 53 years of Christian union through their marriage, Bob and Susan, who are celebrating 38 years, as well as Merlin and Cheryl, who are celebrating 34 years of marriage. Continue to be with them all, Lord, until the end of their days, even, if you, even as you have guided them in the past. Be their health, strength, refuge, and life as they serve as an example to all who honor your blessing of marriage. Lord, in your mercy. A prayer for strong marriages. Most gracious God, we give thanks for the joy and blessing that you grant to husbands and wives. Assist them always by your grace that with true fidelity and a steadfast love they may honor and keep their marriage vows, grow in love toward you and each other, 
and come at last to the eternal joys that you have promised. Lord, in your mercy. A prayer for all those celebrating their confirmation anniversary. Father, it is appropriate to give you thanks for the gift of your Holy Spirit and its work in our hearts. Leading those who study your word, those seeking to learn more about what it means to follow Jesus. Bless these and all confirmants who live out their lives in a way that honors you. Lord, in your mercy. And finally, a prayer for this congregation and all our visitors. Bless all those who worshiped with us today, those who listened by radio. Now that we have been refreshed soon with your word and soon with the sacrament of communion, let us go out into your mission field. Give us the courage and zeal to tell others about the good news of salvation as it is carried out in our lives. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who ascended above the heavens and sitting at your right hand poured out on this day the promised Holy Spirit on his chosen disciples. For all this the whole earth rejoices with exceeding joy. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin. 
Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to them and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, we took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
first of our distribution hymns today is number 605 in the Lutheran service book, Father Welcomes, number 605. Our distribution hymns today is number 590 in the Lutheran service book, Baptized into Your Name Most Holy, number 590.
Please stand. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. Give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us in this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us to the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Lord be with you. Bless we the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord, may the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Today is Lord Dismiss Us With Your Blessing, number 924 in the Lutheran Service Book. 924.
It is fitting that on Pentecost Sunday, where we, as we have just uh, heard about and sung about and prayed about, in which the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples, that we uh, give thanks today for the confirmation roll call for 2019, all of those years ending in nine. Uh, I'm going to list off, I'm going to name off those names, and if you are here today, will you please stand? Uh, from the class of 1939, Lorne Baker, Laura Doss Craner. From the class of 1949, Orville Meyer. I know Orville's here. Uh, Verna Korf, Shirley Brandt. From the class of 1959, Connie Prater, Lynn Bremer, Myrtle Sweeney, William Doss. Jean Vieve Hammers, Karen Kleibaker, Linda Yelenek, Larry Shane, and June Grow. From the class of 1969, Donald Brock, Leland Doss. Oh, uh, I want you to keep standing. You don't get to sit, sorry. <laughs> if I've called your name, stand up and stay standing up. <laughs> Orville, come on, man, you gotta know these things. Um, where was I? Uh, okay, the, from the class of 1969, Donald Brock, Leland Doss, Michael Doss, Ross Matledge, Bobby Menning, Samuel Osterlo, Connie Jarvis, Luanna Chapman, Carol McIntyre, and Pamela Shane. From the class of 1979, Tony Oberman, Mark Amos, Michael Austin, Neil Brockschmidt, Randy Kaiser, Daniel Castle, Kenneth Knaust, Ronald Kornfeld, Michelle Tate, David Chaplin, Richard McCord, Teresa Harrell, Vicki Williams, Jonelle Menning. From the class of 1989, Jeremy Yelenek, Philip Cly Baker, Dana Robb, Lorna Doss, Rick Sipes, Marvin Jennings, Alyssa Hayward, Mary Hessman, Stacy Holly, and Eric Jackson. From the class of 1999, Deanna Dekoff, Jordan Gleit, Levi Jaster, Jeffrey Menning, and I, I hope I, I say her name right, Jonna, J-O-H-N-N-A, Fellwalk. Uh, from the class of 2009, Ryan Brock. Dustin Dahlstrom, Forrest Fellwalk, Avery Hunt, Sam Wallace, Sean Clemen, Jack Goodman, Laura Goodman, Joan Haynes, Jennifer Menning, Jessica Jones, Jennifer Worm, Tammy Doss, Sarah Oberman, Kylie Brown, Matthew Oberman, Benjamin Farrand, and Brandy Farrand. From the class of 2019, Melissa Hessman, Jessica Menning, Sadie Bennett, and Jordan Kleibaker, who I know is here. I saw him. Uh, we pray God's continued blessings upon each of you, uh, and we know that God's Holy Spirit has continued uh, to be with you as well. You may be seated. And let's have a prayer. Please, please. Let's have a prayer for them. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for today, and we thank you for these folks that we have 
named. Uh, Lord, we pray that by your Holy Spirit that you would continue uh, to sanctify them in the one true faith. Continue always to lead them to their Savior, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We have just a few announcements before we close with worship today. Uh, Let's see. First of all, there is a short prayer session in the chapel after service today for anyone who would like to join in. You may submit prayer requests for prayer uh, prior to the service. Uh, Contact Philip or Debbie Trokey. Raise your hands, guys, so that they know who we are in the back there. Okay. Oh, come on, Phil. Get it up there. There you go. Okay. Um, And there is also a jar outside of the chapel where you can leave your prayer requests at any time as well. Uh, The flowers on the altar today are in memory of Kathy Shane and Shirley Stanford. They are classmates with the Confirmation Class of 1959. Uh, Today is set aside for, uh, I'm sorry, today is set aside in order to gather gifts for the National Joy to the World Offering for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Uh, There are brochures with envelopes on the table back in the narthex. Please take one if you would like to participate. And then Vacation Bible School, VBS is coming up. The theme is Miraculous Mission. Jesus saves the world. The dates on that are July 8th through 11th. It's the same week as the picnic, uh, which is July 12th. For kids ages 3 through 5th grade, please let Meandra Shane, is she here today, Darren? Is she not here today? I'm going to talk to her. Mm. Darren's like, yeah, good, you do that. Uh, Lacey Creed, is she, is she here today? Uh, and Katrina McBlair, I know, is here today. I, I, I saw her. So please uh, see one of those ladies if you, were, uh, if you would like to be able to volunteer uh, during that week or would like to donate uh, any of the items uh, that they will need towards that area. That's all of the announcements that we have. I pray that you all have a very blessed week. It's been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Frystadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on frystatradio.com. We commend you to the love and care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. <laughs>